Hey there, thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope that the message that you are about to hear not only encourages you, but helps you follow Jesus like never before. If you feel blessed by this teaching, I wanna challenge you to do two things. First of all, share this with someone that you know needs to hear this. And second of all, I want you to consider giving back to the ministry so that other people that just like you could also grow in their relationship with Christ. To do so, simply go to cfmiami.org give, and there you can follow the instructions, all right? Thank you so much. We hope that you enjoy this teaching. My Christ Fellowship family, what's up, y'all? And welcome to those of you who are going to be joining us online or tracking with us right now. We're so glad you guys are here with us. My name is Al Williams, and I have the privilege and honor to serve as the campus pastor at our Coral Gables and downtown campus, and I also have the privilege of being a part of the teaching team here at Christ Fellowship. Well, uh, as you guys have saw, maybe if you've been tracking with us, you know last, uh, just really, it feels like a few days ago, on Sunday, we heard from Pastor Carlos talking about a Palm Sunday, the triumphal entry of Jesus then heading into the city and getting ready to head to the cross. But today, no matter what time you're listening to this or watching it, today for our service in our church, it's Friday. And on Friday, all the world would bear witness of what our Jesus has done for us on that cross. This is not a regular sermon. This cannot be a regular service because it is Friday and not just any Friday, but Good Friday. And so this is time for us to take a moment to reflect on what our Jesus has done for us on that cross. And so the, or, the way for we're going to be encouraged and learn about what the cross has done for us and the shaking that has taken place, we're all going to learn this. And our shaking is going to be coming from Matthew chapter 27. And we're going to be looking at verses 51 through 54. We'll be looking at the entire passage, but for now, we're simply just going to read Matthew chapter 27. And our shaking today is coming from verses 51 through 54. Here we are in Matthew 27, verse 51. And it says, And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks were split and the tombs were opened and many bodies of those Saints who had fallen asleep were raised in verse 53. And it says, and coming out of the tombs uh, after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. Verse 54, when the centurion and those who were with him keeping watch over Jesus saw the earthquake and what it took place, they were filled with awe and said, Truly, this is the Son of God. If you're taking notes in here today, and I hope you are, I would love to simply title this as It's Friday. Look to the cross. Let's take a moment and pray. Lord, we're so thankful for what you have done by sending your one and only son into this earth to come down and to live the perfect life and then die a death that we all deserve. Help us to never take it lightly that our Savior has died, but now he, he's also risen and lives for us. Father, help us in here 
Help those who are watching or listening right now, Father, to reflect, to take time to sit and stop and slow down and sit at the feet of the cross, Father, where our salvation is found. Help us to never take it lightly. Father, I do ask that you would encourage those who need encouragement. Strengthen those who maybe feel weak and maybe those who got off track. Would you admonish them and get them back on track by way of the cross, Father? I do ask now that you would guide my thoughts, govern my words so that the meditations of my heart are pleasing in your sight. Oh, we need you now, Lord. Please speak for your servants are listening. And all of God's people said... Amen and amen. It's Friday. Jesus has been seated with his disciples where he then has uh, institutes the Lord's Supper that we all know about and that we're going to take at the end of this service together. He institutes the Lord's Supper. And then from this, he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane and he prays with his disciples. And he's there and he's praying with them. And, and then all of a sudden, when the prayer time is done, the betrayer comes into the room. And who was this betrayer? Who was the traitor? The one and only Judas, the money man, the trusted friend, who then kisses Jesus on the cheek and then turns him over to the Roman guards and the high priest, where then he would be taken into these false trials, all for our salvation, leading him to the cross. Someone say it's Friday. And then after Jesus, in the midst of these high priests, where he then is tried falsely, not once, not twice, but three times, he then is then beaten and then sent over and taken to Pilate, where Pilate would then stand before him and question him, and then he wanted nothing to do with him, so he sent him up north to Herod, and Herod then questioned him, and nothing happened there. Herod wanted nothing to do with him. He thought he was a joke, and then sent him back down, where then Pilate would have his men flog and beat Jesus with a cat of nine tails. And sorry to be so rough and sorry to be so graphic in the imagery here, but that cat of nine tails is a leather whip with nine leather strokes of nine leather pieces hanging from this with shards of metal and glass all into this one thing. And they would then beat an enemy or they would beat a prisoner, or in this case, they would beat the innocent lamb of God. And this cat of nine tails is so gruesome and so tough, it then would begin to rip out flesh. And this is what our Savior did and endured for us on Friday. Oh, someone say it's Friday. Look to the cross. Now beaten and back exposed and having done the false trials, Pilate then sends our very Jesus off to be crucified, where then he would carry his very own rugged cross, that beaten, rugged, wooded cross on his open flesh wounds in his back and his body as he dragged it up Calvary's hill for you and for me, where he then would be set there on that cross. And the very men and the very things that he created would then now try to crush their creator. Oh, someone say it's Friday. Look to the cross. And now Jesus, hanging in the midst of two criminals, men that are absolutely deserving of the punishment, do their name, our very Jesus in the midst of them understanding and knowing that he is going to die for all man's sin 
in the midst of these criminals like a regular old criminal at this moment in time as everyone's mocking and our very Jesus is up on that cross. God Almighty takes center stage. Has his way. Someone say it's Friday. Now here's what we're going to get into. I want us to understand this on Friday. What happened here? You see, the cross shook everything. And that's what we want to get into your mind. That's what we want to settle into your spirit. And you need to know and understand this is that on Friday, the cross shook everything. But before we dive back into our verses here, where God Almighty then takes center stage, everyone look at verse 45. It says, uh, this is uh, Matthew chapter 27, verse 45, excuse me. Jesus is speaking, and then he says this. Now from the sixth hour, there was a darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. This is the picture where God Almighty has now taken center stage. And here's what I mean, because in Genesis chapter 1, it talks about how how the earth was void and without form. And it says, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And And the Spirit of God was in the midst of that darkness. In Genesis chapter 15, when he's making the covenant with Abraham, it says that God caused a great darkness to come upon him in the land that they could feel it. And he walked in the midst of that darkness and made a covenant with his people. But then here's another very famous one that I don't want us to miss. Here's how we know that God Almighty, the Father, has taken center stage at this moment in time. And it's found in Amos, Amos chapter 8, Amos chapter 8. Verse 9, Amos chapter 8, right after Joel, verse 9. And here's what it is in Amos 8. It says this, God the Father is speaking, and he was talking to the children of Israel, and he's, uh, and he's telling them there's going to come a day of bitterness. Well, what is this day? Friday. Everyone look down at verse 9. It says, and on that day declares the Lord God, That's uh, God Almighty, Yahweh, declares the Lord God, I will make the sun go down at noon and darken the earth in broad daylight. The Father has taken center stage. Oh, someone say, it's Friday. So then what happens here as the Father takes the center stage? Everyone jump back down then into Matthew 27 and verse 46. It says, as about the ninth hour... Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, this man is calling to Elijah. And uh, one of them at once ran and took a sponge and filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it for him to drink. But the other said, wait. Let us see whether Elijah will come and save him. And Jesus cried again with a loud voice and then yielded up his spirit. Oh, someone say it's Friday. At this moment in time, God Almighty now takes center stage and then he pours out his wrath on his one and only son. A wrath that was deserved and reserved for you and a wrath that was deserved and reserved for me. God Almighty then pours out his wrath on his son. And turns his back on his sin so that you and I could be made like him. And so here's what I need us to get an understanding here. Is that on Friday, the cross shook everything. Well, what did it shake? You can write this down then as your first point. Is that the cross shook the temple. 
The cross shook the temple. Everyone look down at verse 51 of Matthew 27. The cross shook the temple. And here's what it says. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. I have to stop and explain what's happening here. You see, back in these days, they would have this, that beautiful temple. You guys can show that picture there. There's that beautiful temple that would happen in Israel. And, and it's incredible. And here's what would happen in those days. You see all this that's happening in there. Outside is the court of Gentiles. There's this little uh, court here in the middle, this little section right here. This is where the, uh, uh, the, the women could come and hang out. And then further in, the men could go in there. But then on the inside, all right, on the very inside, of this temple is the holy of holies and there it was a big dividing wall a curtain and this curtain in the temple it stood uh, it was about six or so inches thick and stood almost 70 uh, 70 feet high took about 60 or 70 high priests to go then and set this curtain up and the whole point of the curtain was you, you cannot enter into God's presence you cannot come in here only one time a year a person was permitted to enter into the, 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 the temple in that day, the Holy of Holies in that day. And it was the high priest and the high priest only. But I love it because in Hebrews chapter 10, we see that it says Jesus himself tears down that curtain. And he then, we now have access to the Father through his flesh. What happened on Friday? The Father then shook the temple, signifying that you don't need a priest. You don't need some leader, someone to go to you for God. Jesus paid it all on that cross. And now you and I have free access to the Father. That's 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. He simply says, we are a royal priesthood. We can freely enter into the Father's presence. And all this happened on Friday. Oh, somebody say, it's Friday. Look to the cross. But now write this down as your second point. You see, not only did the cross shake the temple, but the cross shook the very earth itself. Look again at verse 51 in Matthew 27. Look again at Matthew uh, 27 and verse 51. And it simply says this, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, giving us access to the Father. And then it says, and the tombs were also opened. Can you imagine? Excuse me, sorry. And the earth shook and the rocks were split. I missed that total part. Y'all got to keep praying for me, Lord Jesus. It says the earth shook and the rocks were split. What then happened? Oh, not only did God the Father, God Almighty, when Jesus died on that cross, not only did he just shake the temple, but he shook the very earth. And I think about this uh, in uh, Luke 19, Jesus was speaking with his uh, disciples and talking against the leaders just as he had this triumphal Sunday. And you know what he says to them? He goes, I tell you what, even if these people do not worship me, the very rocks themselves will cry out. And can I tell you on Friday on that cross, it was crickets. And so God Almighty then, at the death of Jesus, reaches down and touches the earth and, and, and calls this massive earthquake to happen where a, a praise would then happen on the cross. Some of you may or may not know this, but uh, my wife and I, uh, we, uh, we came here from California, and we've been in Miami long enough now where I feel like we're Miamians, but we came from California originally. And in California, we're known for earthquakes. They're known for earthquakes. And I'll never forget uh, the, the last big one that Aubrey and I experienced together. 
is this earthquake hit 90 or so miles away. And, and at 90 or so miles away from our home at a 6.7 earthquake, it came all the way to where our house was. And here's what I'll never forget, the sound that happened. It sounded like a train was rushing through our living room and everything in our house shook. And then this wave of things just kind of happened in the house. And I'll never forget this. And I can only imagine that was a 6.7 earthquake. Who knows what God Almighty the Father did in that moment in time when he then shook up the earth, how far it reached, how many people had felt it. Because we see here in the next couple of verses that many experienced this shaking. You see, when God Almighty shakes the very earth, he's also then redeeming this earth. You know how in Romans, Paul says, man, the earth itself groans. Oh, when Jesus died on Friday for you and I, yes, he shook the temple. But then, man, can I tell you, he shook the earth, redeeming it, showing the, the redeeming that's going to happen and take place. And the rocks themselves cried out and worshiped our God. But then not only this, the cross shook the tombs. <laughs> See, not only did the cross just shake the temple and shake the earth, but it, it shook the very dead. It shook the tombs. Everyone go back down, Matthew 27. Verse 52, it says, the tombs were also open and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. You know, just before this, Jesus was speaking uh, to a group of Pharisees in this moment in time. And one of the signs and proofs that he told them, he says, I tell you, this is found in John chapter 5, verse 25. He says, I tell you that the dead in Christ will, he said, the dead will raise and hear my very voice. And that's exactly what took place here is because on the day that when Jesus resurrected, those who were dead in Christ were now all in Jerusalem. And they saw this. They heard him. They experienced him. They knew what was happening there. It makes me think about, I got to kind of, I think I'm going to lighten us up here. I feel like it's heavy. You'll be all right, though. God bless you. But uh, thinking about those who were dead in Christ and now came back to life. Uh, sorry, this is a side note. Keep praying for your boy. This is a side note. There's a debate amongst theologians how far this reached because people don't know. Just how I explained to you, a hundred mile earthquake. So they don't know if this went to saints who are a hundred miles away, 200 miles away, 300 miles away. And theologians also don't know if the dead in Christ, like someone like a Abraham came back to life in that time, or if it was just those who died around that time. But either way, this was someone that people would know and recognize probably, and they died and then rose again. Whenever it was, 10 days before Jesus died on the cross, a month before, a year before, these people then came back to life and were walking around and everyone in the city saw them. Now, this is my lighthearted moment that I was thinking about here. This makes me think about my grandparents, man. Uh, you know, my granddad, he's a fly guy. You see him with the little, you know, that's my dog right there. I know my grandma's going to be, she's probably going to watch this and be like, baby, why you show them with me eating chicken? Come on. Come on. Keep praying for your boy. 
But I remember my granddad was telling me this story uh, because one of, our, uh, one of his neighbors uh, used to work in a morgue where he would uh, go and, uh, excuse me, at a funeral home where he then would go and help dress the bodies and this stuff uh, in the 60s and 70s. And there was a man in the neighborhood that day who had passed, and I can't remember his name uh, right now, but for sake of this, uh, let's say his name's Fred. And so my, uh, this guy, Fred, he passed away. And uh, my granddad's friend is there. He's getting them dressed and getting them, you know, kind of getting things ready, putting the makeup on and all this stuff because this guy passed away. And then you would not believe what happened. The doctors had misdiagnosed everything. I guess he must have been unconscious or whatever it was for, two, uh, for a week. And as my grandfather's friend is sitting there and preparing this guy, this dude wakes up. And he's moving around. He's looking all around. And he looks over at my grandfather's friend and he goes, hey, man. Where are we? What am I doing here? And my granddad's friend, of course, like anyone, he just, oh, lay down, Fred. You're supposed to be dead, man. What's happening right now? That's a silly story. That's a silly story and a silly illustration. But, uh, you know, that's exactly what happened for them in that day. That's exactly what happened in that moment in time is that when those who were dead in Christ were raised, and it's a foreshadowing, a showing that you and I will be raised with him. Oh, someone say that it's Friday. We've got to look to the cross. What happened on Friday? Oh, when Jesus died, yes, he shook the very temple. And he shook the earth. But man, he shook the tombs. Signifying and showing us a sign that you and I will raise again and be like him. But not only did he shake the tombs, you can write this down as your fourth and final point. He shook man. The cross shook man. This is why we're here today. Everyone look down at verse 54. It says, and when the centurion and those who were with him keeping watch over Jesus saw the earthquake... And what took place? They were filled with awe and said, truly, this is the Son of God. What happened on Friday? Oh, let me tell you, friend. Our salvation then came on Friday. The very purpose and reason that Jesus came onto this earth and lived the perfect life that you and I cannot live, but then died a death that you and I should die. This is the point so that we could look and go, this is the Son of God. Oh, someone say, it's Friday. We've got to look to the cross. This is a perfect time here to talk about the very famous verse that we all read and know about found in John chapter 3, verse 16, where Jesus is speaking and he simply says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, oh no, but have eternal life. And my friends, can I tell you, God Almighty right now is reaching to you and telling you to look to the cross for there you will find your salvation. Maybe you're listening or sitting in this room right now and you've got so much heartache and pain in your life that has caused you to be angry at God. And then you begin to think about what he did for you on that cross. This is that time, friend, 
Talk to him. Forgive him. Talk to him and and ask him to forgive you for your anger towards him. (laughs) Because he loves you. So what do we do with this then on Friday? You can put these down on your own. Just things for us to do and think about of what happened on Friday. Number one, you need to repent. (laughs) You got to repent, man. When you're looking at the cross, if you do not have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, take this time now and repent. Confess. Say the same thing about your sin that God says. And those of you watching or listening right now, you know who you are and you know what it is. Don't hold on to that any longer. Release it to the Father in repentance. And then you don't only just repent. We need to remember We need to remember the cross of Christ. We need to remember what happened and what took place on Friday. And then lastly, you have to rejoice. Because can I tell you, what took place on Friday is that salvation came to our home. Salvation came to your house. Salvation could come to your family. When Jesus died on that cross, he then made a way and gave us access to the Father so that we have complete freedom and complete liberation from our own sin to then follow in God's ways. Oh, someone say, it's Friday. So now, it's Friday and what do you do? You need to repent, you need to remember, and you need to rejoice. I need to stop finally and then address uh, those of you watching in here right now, watching online or listening online. God ain't mad at you. (laughs) He's not mad at you. You see, he poured out his very wrath on his son so that you wouldn't have to face his anger. Don't hold on to your hang-ups. Drop them now and say, Father, I give you my all. Follow him, friends. Why? Because on Friday, the cross shook everything. And the cross shook man. This is the very purpose that the Son came into this world. Never forget it, my friends. It's Friday. We should all look to the cross. Let's take a moment and pray. Father, we're thankful for your word and the clarity in your word, God. I do ask that you would use your word to affect the hearts and minds and souls of your people. Those who are listening to this right now, God, if they are repenting and confessing before you, Father, would you pour out your grace and mercy and love and joy in their hearts and help them to continue to follow you and help us as a church family to come alongside them and to come around them and to encourage them to continue to follow in your ways. Lord, we're thankful for the cross. Help us to never take it lightly. And all of God's people said, amen and amen. I want to help you guys out in here. Those of you maybe who are just now following Jesus or just starting to learn and you look at a big Bible, I want to help you with a very simple quote. (laughs) Charles Haddon Spurgeon 
once said this. He simply said, all of my theology could be condensed into four words. Jesus died for me. Don't ever forget it, friends. He died for you. Be encouraged by that. Amen. Well, I love God and I love you, CF. We'll see you guys soon.